Welcome to the Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget. Now let's grow together. Welcome back to another episode of Bloom. I am so happy that you chose to spend some time with me today and tune in. And again, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has reached out and that continues to hit that download button. Your words and your encouragement mean so much to me, and it's great that these episodes are resonating with you, and I hope that it's something that speaks to you in a way that you can go back and pour into others, pour into yourself, pour into those around you, and let's keep blooming together. All right, so today's episode is a little personal for me, probably the most intimate that I've let you all in on up until this point, so please bear with me. But it's definitely one that I think is very important. It's worth speaking about and worth that conversation of priorities and where those priorities lie and what is most important and what is least important. So the episode is titled The List. And I thought that that was pretty fitting because I have always been a list maker. My parents would always say, oh, it must be July because Bridget's Christmas list is already on the fridge. I was always well-prepared months in advance. I wanted to be sure that they had plenty of time to shop for that must-have item, but it was always common for me to write out lists of how I wanted to redecorate my room or plan out my school day or you know whatever holiday or event that I was planning. You know, I always had a list and I was always prepared. I'm super old-fashioned. I'm the type that has to write everything down. I even have lists for my list. Yes, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Going to the grocery, got a list. Planning a party, I've got a list. New project at work, there's a list. Making plans for weekend schedules, juggling sports, kids, you name it. Guess what? There's a list. I think my list drive my husband crazy. You know, he'll laugh and and he goes along with it. He's a super good sport. Um, But for me, it keeps me sane. You know, it really helps me to affirm what's needed or what needs to be done And it gives me a sense of structure, and I crave structure. I always feel accomplished and a sense of satisfaction when that list is complete, and I can check it off, and I can say, yes, I did this today. So for me, it's about being in control. But there is one list that I made three years ago that had the complete opposite effect on me. As I was writing down the details of the to-dos, I felt completely out of control. It was a day that I remember very vividly. It was August 21st, 2017, and it's a day that's forever etched in my mind. Most of you all were standing outside watching a solar eclipse. My sister and father and I were at our local funeral home planning my dad's funeral. And as much as I love to write things down and to have a plan, I did not want to accept what would soon be reality. As my dad was telling us all the things that he wanted his obituary to say and how he wanted it to read, what songs he wanted to be played, who would speak. I was praying 10 more days, 10 more days, please God, just 10 more days. Because at the time I was pregnant with my fourth child and I was scheduled to deliver on August 31st and I just wanted 10 more days. I wanted him to be here and be able to meet his sixth grandchild. We didn't know what we were having at the time. And my dad joked, you know, when we would leave the name blank when listing out his grandchildren, I just kept thinking, please be here to meet your grandchild. Please make it just just a little bit longer. My dad did get to meet Hayden, and it was also a moment that I will never forget. I remember the night before I went into the hospital, 
he called and he left me a voicemail telling me all the things I needed to do. Like I was one of the old mares that he helped deliver their foal when we had horses. You know, he called and he said, all right, call me when you get into your stall. You know, you know what to do, mama, since this is your fourth, you know, I think you've got it by now. But he was so calm. You know, he always was just thinking of others and he wanted to be involved and he knew he couldn't be there for the delivery. He was was scheduled to be at Dallas at the time. And so anyway, he knew he wasn't going to get get to meet her and be there at the hospital like everyone else, but he really wanted to know what we were having and what it was going to be and and what that new grandbaby looked like. So his one grandson and five granddaughters, and they are definitely his pride and joy. You know, when he was living, that's what he lived for, were his grandkids. I remember him asking, you know, being very anxious to hear what her name was. And you know, we chose the name Hayden because of a family name. And then her middle name was chosen after the county that I grew up in, McLean County. And this was a county that he played a very vital role in shaping. And I think at that moment, it may have meant just as much to him as if I had told him that we had had a boy. My dad was a very big person. He had a big personality. He was very big on creating impact and leaving a mark rather than just getting about on the day-to-day, checking the things off the list. You know, He wanted to make sure that he was intentional and he was creating purpose. And he was always focused and wanting to hear big picture plans and dreams and where are you going and what are you studying and what are you learning and tell me about this and how are things at the bank? You know, he was always interested in the why behind what we were doing and what I was doing throughout my life. He was focused on that impact. My dad was also just really big on life. When we would go on vacation, we would drive to Florida and he would want to take the longest route possible because he wanted to take the little detours in the towns and get out and explore and hop in the creeks and drive through the mountains and check out the scenery. He was just really big on experience and creating those moments. And I, I think back today when I was younger, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to get to the beach as fast as I could. I didn't want to do all the little stops and detours along the way. But as I'm older and I think back now, he was living and enjoying life. Like he really enjoyed and it was always about the experience. And that's something that I wish I had adopted younger. I wish I had taken the time to really soak it all in like he did. As I think back on the list that I've made in my life, I think about the insignificance most of them have had. Maybe my husband is right. Maybe they're not necessary, or maybe I'm making the wrong kind of list. Instead of focusing on and writing down what has to be done or list of things that I think I need, you know, maybe I should turn that attention to making lists of things that I want to do or things that I get to do. You know, that sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? Goals I have for myself, dreams I have for my family, places I want to travel. I want to travel so bad right now. (laughs) You all don't even understand. People that I want to give my time to, things that I need to say, or even better, what if the list that we're making speak to your legacy and they speak to what you're leaving behind, like living a life of contribution, serving others, writing a story today that gets told for generations to come. I think my list need a different meaning. And I think as I step back and stop and think about my life and how I want to live it, I would rather live a life without regret and actually create moments and experiences rather than just seeing them written down on a piece of paper. So here's my challenge to you. I'm going to challenge you along with myself to let's start thinking about these lists that we make. I make probably 
on average, probably 10 lists a day of different things that are going on. Um, there's lists in my head. There's lists on my phone. There's lists written down. There's lists on my post-it notes, lists everywhere. But really, these lists are just to-dos. They're tasks. They're things that I'm choosing and devoting my time to, things that are just getting me through the day, not actually things that are creating impact. So how do we create more meaningful lists? How do we ensure that the list that we're making is allowing us to leave a mark? So I'm going to ask you to fast forward just a little bit. What does the 35-year-old version of yourself wish you had done or the 50-year-old version want? Or what if you have the privilege to live well into your 80s or your 90s? What does your list look like then? Think about the future you and what's going to be most important that you accomplish before your days are up. Do you have any regrets? Are you at the end of your life saying, I wish I had blank? I can tell you at 35, I didn't think that I would be burying my father two years later. And after that experience, there were a lot of things on my list that I thought were important that really weren't. Death is probably the best teacher when it comes to showing us how to live. There's a saying that I'm sure you all have all heard, and it goes something like, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, it's unknown, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And if there's one thing that my older self could have taught the younger version of me, it would have been the importance of being in the present, to slow down and be in the moment. And I'm learning to live there now, but it's taken a long time to recognize that the here and now is right where it's at. After my dad died, I had so many I wish moments and having more time with him was at the top of my list. I wish I had visited longer and didn't feel the need to always be in a hurry. And I was at a time in my life where I had very young kids. We were packing them here and there, you know, throwing them in the pumpkin seat, picking them up from doctor's appointments, you know, running around town. And my sister was doing the same. But I was always in a rush and I felt like I had to get the kids back home or else they were going to miss their nap time. Or I had to get this in in this certain little window because it's it's time to eat. And I was always rushed and I wish I would have slowed down just a little bit to enjoy and be in that moment. I wish I would have listened to more of the stories that he told and asked him to tell me again so that I could remember all the details when I'm retelling it to someone else, especially my children, thinking about, you know, passing things on from generation to generation. I wish, I wish, I wish. There's so many things that I wish I could have done differently if I'd only known it was going to be the last time. But how is my time here on this earth any different than my dad's or any different from yours. I heard a podcast recently during the Easter season and the priest was retelling a conversation he had with someone who had asked him, how many people do you encounter, find out that they're terminal and then give their life over to God after they hear their diagnosis? And his response was all of them. And I know the truth is it's kind of morbid to talk about it, you know, but as as morbid as it sounds, we are all dying. We're all on this journey called life, and some of us will have more days than others, and some of us will have less days than others. So why wouldn't we live our lives today like it was our last day? And I know you've heard that before too, and it sounds so cliche, and we can all hear Tim McGraw in the background singing, live like you were dying. But it is true. When you experience the death of someone that's close to you, you realize that you never want to take another day or another moment for granted. 
10 years from now, will you regret that you didn't go skydiving or that you didn't take that vacation with your family? Will you regret that you didn't tell someone that you love them? Or maybe you need to tell them you're sorry. Will you regret not taking time for yourself? When you think about what's on your bucket list or what you want to do when you retire, where you want to be when you get to that moment, are you living that now or are you just writing it down? Don't wait. Do it now. I always used to say someday or maybe when I'm older, and I've said it on here before, but someday is not a day that exists on a calendar. It is never going to happen. I was watching a movie with my family a few weeks ago and about 30 minutes in, I could already tell it was going to get me. It was going to be a tearjerker. It was one of those where I knew snot was going to be running down my face, tears, red eyes, you name it. Um, It was going to happen. The movie was called Clouds, and it's based on a true story about a young man called Zach Zobiak. And he was diagnosed with cancer and recognizes that while most of his classmates are planning for their prom and their graduation and going off to college, he's planning his last days. He's writing down how I want to spend the time that I have on earth. But all he wanted to do was to write his own music, be on a stage, and have the crowd sing his songs back to him. You know, the same thing that he did when he would go to concerts. So Zach, along with his best friend, they end up writing this hit song. It lands him on the radio, and he gets a number one song, and he gets to live out his dying wish. And this is a true story. And as I watched, all the emotions just really came flooding back, and it reminded me of similar events with my dad. Navigating treatments. Then the doctor saying that the treatment's no longer working. Conversations with palliative care. And the long ride home following the ambulance after he was released from the hospital to go and meet with hospice. These were moments that I remember. These are things that really put a lot of things in my life into perspective. And death is not discriminating. It doesn't matter what gender, race, age you are, class, none of that matters. Because it's going to affect everyone. I went through an exercise recently at the end of last year And the task was writing out my obituary. And I know I'm a little gloomy today, um, but when forced to think about what I wanted it to say, I had some realignment to do because when my obituary is read or people are attending my funeral, I want it to be about impact. I don't want somebody to just read off the clubs or the organizations or the boards that I was a part of. You know, I want it to be something meaningful. And so again, I had some realignment to do. I had some things that I had to work on because when I thought about the legacy that I wanted to leave behind and how I wanted to be remembered, I needed to put more into action than on paper. I needed to change my list. You know, I needed to start thinking about what are those things that that I want to do with my life rather than the have to do's, you know, the day-to-day grind. Our lives are so precious. We have a choice each and every day. We talk a lot about choice on here. And it is so true because we have a choice on how we're going to live. We have a choice about our attitude. We have a choice about our mindset. But each and every day, from the time that we wake up and our feet hit the floor until the time that we lay our heads down our pillow at night, we get to decide. So how are you choosing to live? Are you living your life to the fullest? And are you making your mark on this world? 
Are you living a life that's in motion or is it just a thought written down on a piece of paper like mine? Think about your list. What kind of list are you making? Are they task list or life list that will create meaning and impact today that are going to carry with you long after you're gone? And how are you writing your true story? My lists are having a different meaning these days. And I'm turning those to-do lists into to-live lists. So who's with me? Let's do it. As always, thank you for being here and keep on blooming. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.